I am not actually older than dirt. <laughs> Cast a spell cast. Let me announce my two co-hosts. First off, we have Jess Dunks. I'm on the stack. <laughs> Spoiler. And also the uh, co-host we didn't exactly choose to be here, but we also have Brian Prilliman. Cast a spell cast. Yeah, cast a spell cast. Jeez. Okay, so as can we, promised, can we can we can we how to distribute you out of the show? <laughs> just have it just have it uh, be Jess and me. I don't like being a target of your insults. <laughs> well, I can oh, I got yeah. lot I got lots of insults. I can do them in any order. Uh, okay, right. All after right. You, after you calculate the the totals and, and activate your puns. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so this this is the special we promised uh, about how to cast a spell. There is another episode about how to cast a spell on Judge Cast, but I went back and listened once, and it was like forty minutes in before they start talking about casting a spell. I, I, I thought the whole episode was about that, but actually, it was just a question they answered. So. So uh, here, we are, here we are, 71 episodes after Judge Cast starts. <laughs> uh, we are finally getting to one of the basics of, of this very this most basic thing. Like, yes, yes. The, the uh, a question that we ask all L1s. Yes. What are the steps to casting a spell? Yep. And so if you're out there and you've never heard of the steps to cast a spell and you think, oh, I know how to cast a spell, you uh, you just cast it and pay some mana and right. you're done. Like you say bolt and then you 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 pay the mana and then you cast it and then you target and then it's done. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's actually a lot of very discreet things that have to happen in a specific order. And we're going to be going over them in probably more detail than you would ever really want to know. Yeah. But yeah. we promise we're going to try to do it as quickly as we can. Yes. Yep. So this is going to be a very focused episode. Yep. And it'll be, done, be jokes. it'll be done in such a way that you can go back and it'll be historically preserved you know, in a, in a time capsule so that you at can least pull it until out. the M15 rules update. I know. <laughs> and then they just totally throw it all out the window. So so we're not going to make any contemporary references to things <laughs> like like uh, like Trayvon Martin or any of those kind of things <laughs> okay, where you, that right. might date the podcast. Yes. Nothing like that. Nothing that would date it, you know, like mentioning uh, 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 the NSA snooping on on our uh, uh, various telecommunication means. Hi, you're probably listening right now. That's probably that's probably going to be accurate through all time. Well, or they're just going to strip this conversation out so the people listening aren't even, you know, hearing uh, it. Uh, we don't know what the definition of focus means. No, we do not. <laughs> Since we've right. gotten off topic already, <laughs> um, there is one thing we wanted to bring up. Uh, that we've, we've spent the last few episodes trolling somebody. Uh, we can talk about that next episode. You sure? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, so we're fast. not going to talk about any news at all. Congrats, next Brian, on L- level three. Woo-woo, yeah, woo-woo, 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 we can talk about next, All right, next episode, we'll talk next, level. Next episode. All right. That was a good announcement. Oh, very good. Yes. So stack on the praise. So the steps of casting a spell. The first step in casting a spell is to take it from wherever it is which is normally the hand and you start off by announcing announcing the spell and putting it on the stack so you go lightning bolt blam on the stack that's that is step number 1 but that's odd i mean it seems to me like you would put it on the stack at the end of casting it well, yeah so this is this is in in talking to some 
L1s, one of the, one of the things that they're they're just like, oh well, you know, I cast the spell and and then I pay the mana and I put the bolt on the stack. Then, well, no, actually, the the first thing you do is you actually move it from your hand onto the stack. And remember, the stack is a separate zone in Magic, like the battlefield, the graveyard, the hand. So you you are moving it from the hand to the stack. Uh, do we have maybe an example or something like that that would help illustrate it? I do. Oh, I do. As a matter of oh. fact, it's uh, I'm very adept at this kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so the the, uh, the the example is cards like Silvergill Adept. There, there's actually a cycle of these cards uh, from Lorowen. And what Silvergill Adept is, is, is it's a merfolk creature. And uh, as an additional cost to cast it, you have to reveal a merfolk card from your hand or pay three. Uh, and if you didn't put it on the stack first, if you put it on the stack, after you did everything else, then you could reveal it for itself, and that would defeat the entire purpose of the card. So it's very important that the first thing you do is move it from your hand and put it on the stack, or or from the graveyard or whatever zone it's in. Yep. So step number one: silver girl adept, blam on the stack. Yeah. You can actually make that sound effect when you put it on the stack. Any spell on the stack, yeah. Yeah. Level three said so. Blam. <laughs> you can do that. All right. Ne- next, you uh, you choose <laughs> modes and make other choices for the spell, and this step is the longest it does so many things so the first one we always say to remember by is choose modes but you do so many other things here but a a modal spell is a spell that says choose one dash choose two dash and then it has some some modes for you to choose you know so cryptic (laughs) command is a big one you know where you can counter a cell or draw a card or tap all creatures or counter a spell or bake a cake bake a cake big target cake oh i'm pretty sure that's incendiary command Oh, true. Big target cake is is incendiary command. Uh, uh, the original wording on incendiary command before they for the unless thing. it's CJ's wife and then it's profane command. Whoa, whoa, singer. Did I swear? No. Oh, okay. I thought it did. She really scared me. I didn't expect her to be there. All right. But beyond uh, choosing modes, because we always call this step choosing modes, but you do so many other things there. For example, you choose. What colors of mana you're going to use in hybrid mana? You choose what if yeah. you're going to pay two life for Phyrexian that's, that's mana. That's actually that's actually a really weird one, like because normally people don't do it, but this is actually where you're supposed to do like if you cast a spell, say Kitchen Finks, okay? Yeah. It's got it's got two of the white green hybrid manas. You're supposed to per per the rules choose. It's like I'm going to pay this one with green mana and this one with white mana and then this one with whatever, okay? Very few people actually play that way, but... Well, it, it becomes relevant with spells like Fire Spout, which care what color you spent. True, true. But the, 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 the point is, um, some, of, some, of these, some of these choices are, are things that, you know, like, aren't really relevant until they are, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so it's important to know that they're there for when they do become relevant. Okay. So what, are, what other choices do we make? Uh, so we said buyback, kicker... Um, now didn't here, say that, but okay. Okay, that's so, one of them. Additional so buy, costs. Buyback kicker, and you're in, and then you're you're also your intent to do things like entwine, um, uh, those those kind of things. Yeah, and then and I, I want to make one thing clear real quick. You're not paying for those things during this step. You're only choosing to at some point in the future you will pay for it. You are choosing to kick the spell. You're not choosing to pay for the kicker. Right. Right. So you're you're deciding at this point I'm going to cast fireball for f- the the X is five, but you're not yeah. actually paying five at this point. You're just saying X is going to be five, and this yeah. helps us determine things later on down the line, like when you're 
your spoilers calculating the cost, uh, it, it matters at that point. But you're not actually doing anything with paying stuff yet. Yep. You're just saying you, you choose the value for X. One of the other things is um, if you have two alternate methods of casting a spell or or if you have you're, you're actually choose or rather actually if you only have just the one um if you can cast the spell for uh its normal cost or its alternate cost you make that choice at this particular time and you can only choose if you for some reason have like two alternate choices or you can only make one i'm really flubbing this up blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we talked about it the other episode you, if you're paying an alternate cost, you can only pay one. Like after you've made the decision to to pay an alternate cost, you can't decide to pay another alternate cost instead. Yeah, the question we see a lot is, can you overload something that is, that through some other means you're allowed to cast for free, right? Yes. Overload is an alternate cost. Casting it without paying its mana cost is an alternate cost. You can't do both. You can do one or the other. Yeah, and you right. This becomes relevant and standard with Snapcaster Mage. Yes. Right. Uh, well, you can't overload something and flash it back at the same time. For example, I can't uh, Snapcaster Mage my Mizium Mortars and choose to overload it because I'm choosing to flash it back, and I can't flash back and overload. Yeah, and then it actually says in the rules that previously made choices, and then the example is such as choosing to cast a spell with flashback from a graveyard or choosing to cast a creature with more face down may restrict the player's options when making these choices. So it actually, you know, the whole oh, well, I'm going to choose to flash it back, and then once it's on the stack, I'm going to choose to pay its evoke cost. No, no. Right. Not that you would ever actually mix evoke and flashback. <laughs> go, go, Gadget, coming out with examples on the fly. Woot. Talking about Gadget, build your own spells. Splice also works during this time. It's a little weak hybrid, or weak uh, segue, but I think it works. That's fine, man. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, so basically, if you don't know when you make a decision on something, it's basically in this step, except distributing something. But that we'll talk about that soon. Yeah. So one one of the one of the things about like let's look for a second at uh, cryptic command. Okay. So two of the modes on cryptic commands have targets, and two of them don't. So a, a way to help you remember this, and then sometimes things with kicker have targets and stuff like that. So you have to choose these things, obviously, or, or, or maybe if you just stop and think about it, you have to determine what modes, you have to determine kicker, you have to determine entwine, because these things all require targets and determine the number of targets for your spell before you do the next step, which is... Targets. Dun, 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 dun. Targets. So targets, uh, I think targets pretty clear, but uh, a couple things is so basically you, if some if a spell says target, you choose a target, right? If a spell says do something to something, but it doesn't use the word target, then it is not a target and you do not have to make that choice until resolution. You have to have the word target in order for it to target something. Right. And what's interesting about this is that there are a few effects, and I can't think of any names off the top of my head, unfortunately, but there are a few effects that require your opponent to choose a target. Yeah. Um, and yes. for those, this is the point at which that opponent chooses the target, which is interesting because sometimes it's relevant that they choose that target before you decide how you're going to pay for it. Yep. 
So, so also, if the spell says something like, you know, any number of target creatures, well, this is where you determine, you know, those those targets. So it's like you can choose up to three targets. Well, you know, I'm going to target those two, that thing and that thing, only two things or, you know, as many targets as you want. Well, I'm going to target that, 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 that and none of the other stuff. So this is the step. Not only are you determining what the targets are, but if the spell gives you the choice of, of picking a certain number of targets, this is when you do that also. Right. This is common with life from the loam when you cast it with no targets. Sure. Does it say up to three? I don't yeah, know. It's up to three lands. So you could cast it with no lands in your graveyard just oh, okay, to get okay. it there so you can dredge. And this occasionally happens in Legacy. Okay. Uh, so for most spells, you have to choose different targets. So like the car, the good old example is Hex, which says destroy six target creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to choose six separate targets. The only times you can choose this, uh, you can target the same thing multiple times on a spell is if the spell has the word target multiple times and then also isn't saying, you know, deals one damage to target creature and one damage to another target creature. Yeah. So um, Seeds of Strength is yeah. a great example. It, Seeds of Strength is an instant for green-white. It says... Target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So in that particular spell right there, I can target the same creature three times. Right. Because it doesn't say target creature and another target creature and another target creature each get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Or, you know, up to three target creatures get plus one, plus one until end of turn. In this particular case, it's it is just it's target creature, blah, 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 period. Target creature, blah, 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 period. Target creature, blah, 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 period. And as a, as a reverse example, incremental growth reads, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature, two plus one, plus one counters on another target creature, and three plus one, plus one counters on a third target creature. If there's only like, if you have two creatures down and your opponent has one, you're going to have to put a, tar- a counter on their creature if you want to cast this spell because it requires three legal targets to cast. Yes. And you must have all the targets in order to cast a spell. Yep. So, like in the case with Hex, destroy six target creatures. You know, and I, I think the flavor text on Hex is when killing five just isn't enough. Yeah. That's okay. Pretty- uh, turns out uh, if there are only five creatures on the board, that isn't enough to yep. cast Hex. So, do you notice that, that, that uh, it has six words in its flavor text? <laughs> no. <laughs> I put a Hex on the and the and the and the and the and the. That's funny. Yes. Okay. All right. Yay! We're flying through this, man. You're just distributing the death there. Among- oh, you killed oh. my segue. You killed my segue. <laughs> What's your segue? You killed my segue. No, what, what we said. It? I don't even remember now. I think it was like, boy, we're flying through these, you know, at record pace. I guess we should probably try to figure out how to distribute the time amongst the remaining steps. Ha, 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 ha. Hmm. All right, so they were both bad. It, mine was better. <laughs> okay, so All right. if, if something has, if something targets and it has you divide damage or counters, the next step is to choose how you're going to divide those. So Flames of the Firebrand is a good example for uh, M14. It reads, Flames of the Firebrand deals three damage divided as you choose among one, two, or three target creatures and or players. Um, generally, the things you're going to be dividing are either damage or counters. I don't, I can't think of any other kind of divisions. Off the top of my head, do you guys know of any? Was it counters, damage? Uh, not off the top of my head. Is there is there a prevention, maybe? Well, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's, that's generally the two things. And they say the word divide. 
when you are dividing an object, damage or counters, you have to divide at least one of that thing to each target you have. So we even brought this up last show. If if the opponent has a 1-1, one, one, a 2-2, two, two, and then an illusion that dies when it gets targeted, you can't target all three with Flames of the Firebrand and then deal one damage to the 1-1 one, one, and two damage to the 2-2. Two, two. You're going to have to do one to each target. Right. And before anyone brings up uncards, no. No, just don't bring them no, up. No. But yeah, this is this is the thing. With with, with Flames, uh, Flames of the Firebrand, and you say, you know, so it says... Three damage divided anyway you, you choose. And let's say I'd say two two creatures. I'm going to say the first one is going to get one and the second one is going to get two. That Once you pass that point, that is locked in. You can't decide to switch it. That first creature is going to get one point. That second creature is going to get two. So if you do anything like uh, redirect or – I mean that's basically a locked in uh, – uh, when you're casting the spell. So you are doing that assignment at that point. You're making the decision of how to distribute. And when it comes up later, you know, I think when we were talking about our, our, our copy episode where we were talking about copy effects, that distribution of one and two also get locked in. So there are, there are, you know, two targets for flames of the fire, uh, flames of the firebrand. One creature is getting one, another creature is getting two. And that is also copied when you copy uh, a spell that distributes. And, and so to build on what we said earlier, by the way, you, you choose how to distribute after choosing targets because you have to divide at least one. So the game has to know how many targets you have to know how to, put you in line to how you have to divide it and just you had a you had a you had a card that you wanted to point out as your your favorite example of this well i i, I don't know if it's my favorite example but a good example is we're gonna uh, say it's your favorite all right it's my favorite um, okay a rule aurelius fury um requires you to divide the damage between the targets as you choose and this is an example of of you have to choose it at this point and this is uh, I, the reason I like Aurelius Fury is because it's similar to Fireball in its effect, but Fireball divides it uh, evenly, evenly, which is not something you choose. You do not choose it at that point. That's actually something divides uh, during um, it divides during uh, resolution of resolution. the spell. So let, let me read each card and, and we can talk about the difference in, in wording there. So Aurelius Fury deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or players. Tap each creature dealt damage this way. Players dealt damage we can't cast non-creature spells this turn. Um, that's a good spell for hitting, I think, every step we've already talked about. Yeah. Yes. Whereas Fireball... Fireball deals X damage divided evenly, rounded down among any number of target creatures and or players. So there's no decision point. There's no decision. There's never an as you choose. Fireball decides how to divide the damage. Floral spasm decides <laughs> how. Oh. Floral spasm? That is an old joke. Go go read the, or, not the Oracle text, but read the printed card text of Floral spasm. What's uh, interesting about. Okay. What's interesting about Fireball is my because it divides the damage and you don't have to divide the damage, the whole illusion trick will actually work. You can give it three targets um, and when it all goes to resolve without doing a very specific example, when it all goes to resolve, one of the t- uh, one of the uh, the illusion will be dead and it'll just divide the remaining damage among the other two. But Fireball is basically the only card this works on because it doesn't have you divide the damage. It divides the damage. So, so Jess, this is for for floral spasm. This is this is what floral spasm is. It's it's a three three and a green for a two two summon spasm. 
Okay, this is the original. This is the original text, not the Oracle text. Now, if Floral Spasm attacks an opponent and is not blocked, then Floral Spasm may choose to destroy a target artifact under ah. that opponent's control and deal no damage. Floral, so floral Spasm, Spasm gets to make the choice there. Floral yeah. Spasm gets to make the choice, and you're going to be sitting there waiting for a long time because uh, the Floral Spasm kind of looks like a dinosaur without a head. Um, so he, even if he did make a choice, he couldn't really tell you. <laughs> All right. I think that's good for distributing. Dis- distributing. Dis- distribute. Yes. Disturbing. <laughs> Which you just have pronunciation gas. Oh, pronunciate. There we go. All right. Por- next. Porculus. 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 All right. Next. So All now right. We've done all the all the 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 hubbub around. Yeah, we basically we've basically set up the spell, right? Yeah, that yeah, that's a way. It's all the all the setup, and now we're now we're getting ready to. It's like, well, now that I've declared my targets and we've decided how we're going to split this up, and we got our modes chosen and the things sitting there on the stack, well. How much I've basically gathered everything. I put everything in my basket and I've brought it up to the grocery line checkout and I'm laying it out on the conveyor belt. And now the game, our, our, our grocer lady is going to scan them and ring them up. Um, we need to figure out what the total cost for this spell is going to be. That is a very strange analogy. <laughs> what I mean, it's it's basically it works, man. You go shopping, you pick everything you want, you put it in your basket, you put the stuff on the conveyor belt, and she starts ringing it up, give you your total bill, right? You have a base cost. You add tax. You remove coupons, right? You add tax. You remove coupons, man. And then Trinisphere applies. <laughs> and then Trinisphere, <laughs> which which I don't know if you shop at Publix, but there's always a Trinisphere. There's always a Trinisphere. There's always a Trinisphere at Publix. All right, so. In order to calculate, so the next step is to calculate the total cost. Please note, we're still not paying for it. We're just calculating it right now. So you want to start with either the alternative cost you chose or the basic mana cost, whatever's printed in the corner. You want to add cost additions. So everything we listed during choose, entwine, kicker, buyback. All those costs, add them up. All of those. Uh, Any other additional costs like Thalia um, and additional costs like as an additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice a creature. Yep. Like we are calculating the total cost here. Everything you got to pay. What is what all the effects that say you got to pay this much more, this much more, this much more. Uh, you add that in. You add that in first. Now, once that's once that's done, then you start looking at uh, uh, cost reductions. OK, uh, things that say like, hey, this spell, what is a goblin? Was it a goblin electromancer? That yeah. Makes spells cost one less. Yeah. Goblin electromancer. Things that cost. um as an example, things that bring the cost down, the medallions, like Ruby Medallion, I think, makes red spells cost one less. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that that brings the cost down. So just like our coupon example, okay, um, you know, you figure out the total bill and then you give coupons and then they take that off from your total bill. Or my my coupon example is because Justin didn't like it too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Other, it was fine. It was just thing, weird. You can't reduce the cost below nothing. Right. Like you can't be like, oh, my spell costs one red and now I've made all my spells cost two less red. So I get a red back. <laughs> it's a <laughs> rebate. <laughs> this is also why we do additions before subtractions. Because say say you had everything on this, everything costs three more to cast and everything costs three less to cast. If you did subtractions first and you cast a one mana spell, it was subtracted down to zero and then the addition will put it back up to three like that's just not that's not the result you would expect so you do additions first put it up to four subtractions bring it back down to one yep 
And then, and then Trinisphere, uh, which is Trinisphere is uh, a card that that basically says, "Hey, if you're paying less than three for a spell, you're paying three. Yeah. So uh, it says as long as Trinisphere is untapped, each spell that would cost less than three mana to cast costs three mana to cast. Right. So uh, and let me let me just say this. Yeah. If you come to me with a rules question regarding Trin- Trinisphere with the phrase, it works that way on Moto, <laughs> I don't care. It's one of the most bugged cards I've ever seen on Magic Online. Is it really? So as an example, Force of Will, the total cost of Force of Will with Trinisphere out is three mana, lose one life, exile a blue card from your hand. Yep. T- if, it's alternate cost. Sorry. If the mana, if the mana payment is less than three it's three and you got to make up the difference with colorless well i mean that's just a a thing of trinosphere but basically the rule is um if if once the total costs are determined anything that directly affects the total costs are applied and once that once that happens the effects are uh the the cost is locked in and this is this is going to be important because there's there's some some interesting interactions when steps of casting the spell dealing with oh say uh, uh, affinity for artifacts and sacrificing artifacts that are going to be relevant in in a little bit. So we can talk about them. We can talk about them right now. We can. Def- well, I wanted to talk about them after we talk about activating mana abilities. I thought your inter- interesting interaction was affinity and like a black lotus. Well, okay, sure. So <laughs> let's 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 uh, let's segue into let's do activating a mana abilities and then we can talk about that kind of stuff sure, as sure. like a, a segue into paying costs in any order. So who wants to do activating mana abilities? I think Jess does. Well, I mean, there really isn't much to talk about here other than that it's separate from paying costs. Activating your tapping your lands is not paying the cost of a spell. And this is what a lot of people don't understand. They think, oh, well, I have to pay pay for the spell, so I'll tap all these lands. Well, that doesn't actually pay for the spell. All that does is add mana to your pool that you can then use to pay for the spell. And this is why it's a separate step. Uh, if you if you have them all as the same step, it, it doesn't really work. It gets kind of weird. So you activate your mana abilities first, and then later on you can pay the costs. And there's a there's an example I want to get to, but I want to talk about actually paying the costs first. Uh, was there anything else to talk about with this? Like uh, there is there is one one other I'll call it a neat thing, but. Um... It's you only get to activate mana abilities if the spell you're paying requires a mana cost. Yeah, which is which got me. That's uh, got me too. It got me on uh, like the the stump of the judge type questions uh, that 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 uh you know like L2s I guess some L3s too they like to throw around where it's just like I learned this cool interaction blah 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 ask this question and completely got blown out uh but yes if the spell does not require a mana payment there is no opportunity to activate mana abilities now you ask yourself why would this ever be relevant and it's kind of convoluted but you know whatever it's neat to know yeah so when you cast your ornithopter you, you don't can't tap a forest. You can't tap a forest in the middle. You can do it before you start to cast your ornithopter and after you cast your ornithopter, but not during. And, and Brian just touched on the point I want to make. This isn't the only opportunity in the whole world you get to activate mana abilities, but the game gives you an opportunity to activate them during casting a spell. You can activate mana abilities before you cast a spell if you want to. You can say, I'm tapping one black and then be like, all right, now I'm casting Doomblade. But most people don't go through this step by step anyway. So did we did we want to 
Jess, you you had something that you wanted to talk about before I wanted to talk about uh, I, uh I just wanted affinity. to use an example that comes up occasionally. There are things like this that can come up. Uh, let's say I want to cast uh, a spell with Convoke, like Court of Calling, uh, and I control an Eldrazi spawn. Can you summarize Convoke for me? Uh, sure. So Convoke lets you tap uh, creatures to reduce the cost of the spell by one mana, uh, either one colorless mana or one mana of that creature's color. Uh, and you tap those creatures at the same time that you pay all of the costs. Okay. And what what this means when, when this becomes relevant is that you cannot uh, tap those uh, tap those creatures before that point, and you have to activate mana abilities before that point. So if I have an Eldrazi spawn and I want to cast Court of Calling, I cannot both sacrifice it for mana and tap it to reduce the cost, because by the time I would get to the point where I'm tapping to reduce the cost, it's already gone because I've sacrificed it for mana. Well, you just just to say, you're not actually reducing the cost anymore, right? Uh, well, it makes. I think you were never change, truly reducing the cost. I think with the change, it just allows you to tap it to help pay for the cost. Right. Right. So, so yeah, so you can't... Uh, um, also, Eldrazi spawn kind of never worked because you have to tap something of the same mana. You, you can tap it for colorless mana. Oh, yep, there it is. Yep. You got it. Yep. So, so let's combine this, this calculate total cost and activate mana abilities and get something that feels wrong, okay? So let's say I have um, no permanence in play except a Black Lotus. I'm going to pick Black Lotus because it's very, very, very iconic. Okay, so that's my only permanent in play. And I have in my hand a Frogmite. Uh, Frogmite is a 2-2 for four mana that has affinity for artifacts. So for and what happens is affinity for artifacts is it reduces the cost by one for each artifact you control. Okay, so when you run through these steps, okay, um, you know I announce Frogmite, put it on the stack. I choose modes and stuff like that. There's none, none of that. Uh, there's no targets for Frogmite. Um, there's no how to distribute. But when we get to calculate total costs, Affinity is going to look and see that I have a Black Lotus. Okay, so it is going to reduce Frogmite's cost from one, uh, sorry, from four to three. Okay, that total cost is now locked in. Then the next step is activate mana abilities. Well, guess what? Black Lotus is a mana ability. So I can tap sack Black Lotus, okay, for that three mana. Now, Black Lotus is gone, but it doesn't, because the total cost is locked in, Frogmite doesn't suddenly jump up to four mana because that artifact is gone. And this happens with, um, you know, various other creatures like uh, I think Goblin, was it Goblin Warchief, uh, makes your goblins cost one less to play, you know. And you can actually, you know, in the middle of maybe there's a, a goblin that lets you sack other goblins for one red mana. You can actually sack him to get the red mana to pay for the spell that you're casting after he's given the cost reduction to the dude that you're casting. So it it feels it feels weird. It feels wrong. But when you when you get it, it's so awesome. OK, did that yeah. did you guys did you guys follow that? Because it's it's kind of it's kind of like. I don't want to say cerebral, but it's kind of hard maybe to picture in words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got it. Well, <laughs> sure. If you didn't understand that, write us in. We'll, we'll try and do a better job explaining it. We can we can kind of go the other direction. Like you can uh, let's say I have a Thalia in play. Thalia, Guardian of Thraben, makes uh, makes non-creature spells cost one more to cast. OK, and I want to cast Alter's Reap and sacrifice my Thalia in order to pay for it. Right. Does it cost two or does it cost three? 
Alter's Reap costs two as an additional cost to, to play it, sacrifice a creature, and then you draw some cards. So do I have to pay the extra one or not? By the time I'm I, I'm paying the extra all the mana costs, my Thalia may not be in play anymore. So what do I have to pay? And the answer is that I have to pay three because we've determined the total cost before I actually sacrifice that Thalia. It's locked in. It doesn't change. Right. Yep. Okay, let's talk about the final step, and then we'll talk about more examples. Okay. Which, as everyone might be able to guess, the seventh and final step is you pay costs. Yes. After all this buildup, so, you finally pay it. So you've run stuff through. The lady at the register has has rung up your total bill. She's figured out your total cost. You're activating your mana village. You, you, you've pulled your credit card or your debit card or your cash out of your wallet. And now you hand that money over. Right. So one important point here is, once again, this is not pay mana costs. This is pay all costs. You know, a spell has more costs than just mana. I, I see people get hung up on that sometimes. Right. So if they it think is, the cost of a spell is only fling, mana. Fling is an example. You know, as an additional cost, sacrifice a creature. That is a cost that you have to pay. And you can pay that uh, uh, before you make the mana payment or after. doesn't matter. It don't matter. So, oh, so I guess you just said it. Okay. Um, well, no. I mean, you could you say, why would this matter? Could you possibly construct some sort of convoluted scenario where paying the costs in any, in any order matter? Yes. Can you come up with one? I could. Oh. Because it was brought up to me when I was a, a wee judgling. All right, let's talk about Omnath, Locus of Mana. Woot, EDH. He says green mana doesn't empty, blah, blah, who cares? Omnath, Locus of Mana gets plus one, plus one for each green mana in your mana pool. So let's say you're completely tapped out. You have four mana in your mana pool, making Omnath, Locus of Mana currently a 5-5 five, because five, he's a 1-1 one, one base. Five, so 1-1 one, one with plus four, plus four. Then you cast Momentous Fall, choosing to sacrifice Omnath. So Momentous Fall says an additional cost to cast Momentous Fall, sacrifice a creature. You draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power that you gain life equal to its toughness. How much does Momentous Fall cost? Two green green, four total mana. That's weird. It's like I chose that number for a reason. It's almost like you did. So I have four green mana in my mana pool. I have a 5-5 creature, and I have a spell that's asking for both mana and a creature. Is that is that is that the setup? That's the setup. Hmm. So let me see here. If I pay the mana first and then sacrifice the creature, Omnath would be a one-one, right? Yes. Because because I paid that mana and he shrinks immediately. Right. But if I do it the other way around and sacrifice him first, he's a five-five. And then I pay the four mana and I get the five car or the, the, the four the five cards and the five life. What huh. if I am about to deck myself and I only want to draw two cards? Can I pay part of the mana and then sacrifice him and then pay the other part? Great question. Interesting question. No. Why so can I start, not why can't yeah. I do that? Once you start paying a cost, you have to pay all of that cost. So when you start paying the mana cost, you have to pay all of the mana cost. When you start paying the, uh, if something says an additional cast cost is sacrifice two creatures, I would imagine you can't sacrifice only one creature, then pay the mana, then sacrifice another creature. Once you start to pay a cost, you have to pay the whole cost. Yeah, partial payments aren't allowed, so you can't be like, oh, I'm going to pay two, and then I'm going to do something else, and then I'm going to come back and pay the other two. So with Momentous Fall, you have the option to draw five cards or one card. But you have the choice because you're paying the cost in any order. And just when you thought that Omnath couldn't get any better, he lets you choose. He gives you the power. He's the kindest. He is the Way kindest. better than that plural spasm. He he is, man. He's bros. And that's it. Well, hold on. That's it. No. All right, what else? No. Once all that's done, once you've gone through all that, now your spell is cast. Yes, and, and things that trigger upon a spell being cast will now trigger. 
things that yes. So uh, uh, kiln fiend yes would now trigger. This is a this is a fun question uh, where I ask kiln fiend is a what is it? It's a one two one two yep that gets plus three plus zero oh whenever you cast a spell. Uh, so I want to fling my kiln fiend. Uh, fling is for one red mana. It sacrifice a creature. And then it deals uh, damage equal to the power of the sacrificed creature. Okay, so you run through all the steps. Boom, 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 boom. You know, uh, you get to uh, uh, paying the costs. You sacrifice the uh, you sacrifice the kiln fiend. Then the spell is actually considered cast. So a lot of people might be like, "Oh, well, you cast the spell, so kiln fiend's gonna get the the plus three uh, plus three plus zero, and then you sacrifice it, so you get the bonus." No, it's gone before the trigger even gets put on the stack. Before yeah. it was a gleam in its kiln fiendy's eye. A more modern example would be the young pyromancer, which whenever you cast any sort of sorcery spell, put a one-one red elemental creature token on the battlefield. I if you fling play, it, I don't play your standard. If you fling it, you're not going to get an elemental because it's sacrificed well before you actually cast the spell well before well before well maybe you had a state-based action check well before i mean if you want to talk like at the atomic level just before just before better okay so that's the steps casting a spell yay good yeah all right a few more notes uh activating an ability works exactly like everything we just said so let's say i have a card that says you know white mana tap tap target creature it goes to the exact same things. You say, I'm announcing this ability. I put it on the stack. There's no modes. You choose your target because you're going to tap target creature. Nothing to distribute. Your total cost is a white and tap the creature. Uh, you'll get an opportunity to activate a mana abilities and you can pay the cost in any in any order. So the cost would be, once again, to tap that creature. Uh, you can tell the cost of an ability because it's everything be- before the colon. There's a colon in activated abilities. So just just like I mean, just like there's uh, cards that reduce the cost of uh, or increase the cost of spells, there's cards like, say, Training Ground, which reduces the cost of activated abilities. So you you can have that whole cost uh, cost increasing cost reduction stuff uh, with activated ability. I don't think there's a Trinisphere for activated abilities, though. But yeah, I don't know. Write in to send us an email. So I want to talk about another one of my favorite examples, if I may. We we, we give you permission. You may. Yes. All right. No. It involves Masticore. Uh-oh. I love this one. So Masticore, he has a bunch of abilities, but the relevant one is two mana. Masticore deals one damage to target creature. Uh, he also has two mana regenerate Masticore. Wait, which, then, which Masticore is this? Is this the one that's on the reserved list or the one that was reprinted? This is literally Masticore. <laughs> I don't even... It was. Re- I'm sorry. It's, you know, it was it's in, on the reserve was, list, but it was reprinted from the Vault's Relics. Oh, <laughs> he was. Then, he was yes. poking fun at the reserved list. <laughs> well, that that's back when they had that loophole, and they. Karn wants to have words with you. <laughs> All right. So, say my opponent has a creature, and I really, really need to kill that one creature, and he only has one toughness. He's a ball of lightning, and I also have. So I have Massacre, and I have Ashnod's Altar out, which says sacrifice creature add two colors mana to your mana pool. How about Elvish Ranger instead of Ball Lightning? Because you're probably doing this on your turn. I'll do it on their turn. It doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> fine. Elvis Ranger. Um, the, the good art one. So I have Massacre and Ashton's Altar, and that's all I have. I have no lands. I have no other creatures. That's all I have. Can I kill their Elvis Ranger with my Massacre? And it seems crazy, but the answer is yes. And it works 
exactly the same way. So we announce, put the ability on the stack. No modes. Choose a target. Target that Elvish Ranger. Distribute nothing. Calculate total cost. Total cost is two mana. That is the cost of Massacre's ability. Activate mana abilities. Well, Astronaut's Altar is a mana ability. It, we can tell because it doesn't target. It's not a Planeswalker ability. And it adds mana to your mana pool. So it's a mana ability. So we activate the mana ability. The uh, cost of the mana ability is to sack a creature. So we do. And it adds two mana to our mana pool. Now, it doesn't matter that we just sacked our, our Master Core. We are already in the process of activating the ability. The only step left is left is to pay the cost. And we can do that because we have two mana in our mana pool now because we just sacked the Master Core. And so on and so forth. We put the Master Core ability on the stack. And we are going to kill that Elvish Ranger. He is dead, and he so is, is our Master Core, and we probably are not going to win this game, but probably we killed not. that Ranger. Yes! Okay, a few few little more little things about casting a spell before we wrap up. So what happens What happens if you Doomblade their black creature, basically? Or start to cast a spell and realize that, oh, you forgot about that cost-increasing, like... You, you forgot about Trinosphere, and you started casting a one-mana spell. Yeah, and you don't have any other mana open. Um, well, uh, so the rules actually have, uh, a section for handling illegal actions and it's the, the short end of the stick or the, the short story is when you start casting a spell or paying for an activated ability, because as we discussed a few minutes ago, they're the same, you get kind of halfway through there and you realize, oh, oh, uh oh, oh, I didn't realize this thing requires me to sacrifice an additional creature. Um, then you back up. OK, and this is this is what what judges sometimes refer to as a CR rewind or a comprehensive rules rewind. Um, you every action is is basically backed up. Uh, to the, the to the beginning of the casting the spell, the activating the ability. So the spell, you know, all the mana payments are are done. You get to untap the lands. Uh, you take the card if it was a spell. You put it back in the zone it came from, which is probably the hand, but isn't necessarily. Um, there are a few exceptions uh, to to stuff that you can rewind. We'll save that for some other odds and ends podcast. I guess, unless someone really wants to go into that stuff. But basically, you undo it. So if I start to go, I'm going to Doomblade your black creature, and you realize it, the game's going to say, whoa, 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 we need to back that up. And no, that didn't happen. Now, that's from the CR perspective. Now, from a judge perspective, we handle that a little bit, uh, potentially a little bit differently. So anyone want to talk about that? Call a judge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, generally, if, it, if it's a competitive level event, we're going to probably give a penalty there if a judge is called. So there's there's two particular things like like and this so this or actually three so so four judges okay this this is this is players go away for a second judges I'm gonna tell you guys a little a little secret Um, if a player starts to duplicate a black creature he's gonna be like kill your grizzle brand oh wait I can't do that. And then he's so he's going to he's going to go he's going to tap his two mana doomblade that grizzle brand. Oh, I can't do that. And he's going to untap his lands and he's going to put the put the doomblade back in his hand and his opponent's going to let him. Okay? That's probably what's going to happen in that particular case. Okay? And we're never going to we're never going to hear anything about it and that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But if it happens is it's like I doomblade I doomblade your grizzle brand and his opponent and the opponent's like, "Whoa, judge." 
You come over there, and he's trying to doomblade my Grizzlebrand. All I got are black creatures. I want him to target one of his own creatures because he started casting the spell. No, no. We're going we're gonna to rewind the entire casting of the spell. The player at that particular point uh, is going to get, uh, a, at, at competitive, is going to get a warning uh, for a game rule violation. We're going to back the spell up. Um, he does not have to target one of his own guys. Okay. But judge, you know, we caught the error. Everything was legal up to the point of him targeting, uh, my guy. So, I mean, clearly he's, he's, he's announced the spell. He's got to declare uh, a legal. No, 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 no. You're going to rewind the casting of the spell. Um, also, and this this happens even this happens I think I've never seen it. But if a player goes, I'm gonna doomblade your grizzle brand. Oh wait, judge, and he calls on himself. <laughs> okay, he goes, judge, I I targeted grizzle brand with this guy, um, and he did all this before he could gain an advantage, and he called the issue on himself. Then it's just gonna be a caution, okay? Which which isn't really even a formally documented anything. It's just a little a little light finger wag, you know, pay more attention, please. We'll rewind it, put it back in your hand and 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 carry on. Did, anything else on that? I mean I agree with that, but I I wouldn't say it was documented. What a caution? I didn't say did I say a caution was documented? No. No. It's not really. Yeah. It's just okay. I mean it, I mean it's it's documented like in the in the in the documents in the IPG we have a thing called cautions. And they don't even actually have to use the word caution to to give a caution. It's just really anything as light as, hey, don't do that. Right. <laughs> That's a caution. Hey, it's, uh, it's very, very light. Just from uh, before the show, do you remember that mnemonic? Don't say it. But do you remember it? Um, I remember that we talked about it. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to remember what it is. I'm not. <clears throat> hold on. I, I don't actually. I'm not 100 percent sure I remember it. Hold on. I'm, you just killed his gag. We're all going to say it all at once. Oh, we're going to do it. You guys ready with with the Skype lag? Yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. OK, OK, here we go. I'm going to count to three. And then after three, this is a mnemonic to help you remember how to cast a spell. This is going to be so laggy. All right. One, two, three. All, All crazy teens have tried, tried magic, magic pills. pills. Brian, why'd you drop out of that? I didn't. I oh, okay. the whole time. Hmm. Maybe Skype couldn't handle you both at Maybe the same time. Skype could Skype couldn't handle the awesome. That, that was beautiful. So that's a mnemonic some people find helpful. And so once again, it's all crazy teens have tried magic pills. Brian, how would you explain what that actually means? I would first by saying JudgeCast does not endorse the use of magic pills in no. any shape or form, especially if you're underage. Especially. Especially if you're underage. We do not know. Um, nor is this an attempt to levy some form of peer pressure in saying that all crazy teens have done this. Yes. All right. So wait, what was the question <laughs> that you asked? Only some of the crazy ones. Only some of the crazy ones. And and then we scowl at them. Yes. Okay. So all crazy teens have tried magic pills. All A, announce. C, which is choose crazy teens target. Pick your targets. Have. Oh, this is reaching. How to distribute. Yes. Yeah, that one's a little strange. Yeah, whatever. All crazy teens do, do, do something that starts with a D. Uh, tried, uh, which is total cost. You determine the total cost of your spell. Magic, which would be mana abilities. You activate them mana abilities. Yeah, get it. And then pills. Pay all costs in any order. All crazy teens have tried magic pills. Announce, choose, target, how to distribute, total costs, mana payments, and or uh, mana abilities, and pay all costs. 
So some people like a mnemonic that helps them. Personally, I don't find it too helpful. Uh, I think like for me, learning the steps to cast a spell was was more of what we discussed earlier, which was like choose modes has to come before targets because you need to know the modes before you can do the targets. You know, distribute has to be after targets. Uh, You have to calculate the total cost before you know what mana abilities to activate. You have to do all that stuff before you can pay for the spell. Things like that. Like if you just know, I, I feel like you can you can intuit the the order. Yeah. And you, you think about it and you think about all these steps. I mean, we just we just spent close to an hour talking about this, the steps of this stuff. And when you do one red bolt, your dude, I mean, you just went through a bunch of steps or and there's a there's a Thalian play and you pay the extra one. I mean, you just went through a lot of stuff and you just did it. So uh, as a general rule, you know, when you're just when you're just playing, you know, probably 75 percent of the cases uh, don't require any any of this real information, but the other the other twenty five, yeah, get in and it can get complicated quick. Yeah, so it's definitely good. And for L ones, hey, this is one of the big things that's on the L one test. So bookmark this on JudgeCast.com. Listen to it in your sleep. Let it seep in <laughs> your brain while you're sleeping. And then you'll wake up and you'll be making jokes like CJ and uh, and wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> I don't wear skinny jeans. What? Come on, you're a hipster, man. All oh, OK. Are, sure. All hipsters wear skinny jeans. All right. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about casting spells? That, that sounds like a mnemonic. We need to make it one for something. All hipsters wear skinny jeans. All hipsters wear skinny jeans. That's a, that's actually the state based actions demonic. <laughs> what? Shh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, no, I don't think we got anything else, man. No. Okay. Good prov. All right. So, uh, a couple things for ourselves. If you want to email us, you can email us at judgescast.com, Twitter, twitter.com slash judgecast, facebook.com slash judgecast, judgecast, uh, judgecast.com. Additionally, we're not going to read any emails this episode. And I know that means that's two episodes in a row. We haven't read any emails, but we wanted this, this episode to be very pure and focused. Um, we're probably going to use next episode to get caught up on, a few things like we didn't even mention there is a new ipg out we uh it's fairly minor changes but we'll cover them next episode but for people out there who might not be aware of that just be aware there's a new ipg uh yeah yep so we'll read a ton of emails next episode that'll be our our major focus and and maybe we'll talk about and and one one thing guys i i would like to say that with the emails that you guys have been sending in you've been getting more and more creative with the scenarios and and just the the little the chat stuff at the beginning of the emails (laughs) yes I I love it. 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 It's great. Um, our our campaign to get Bear Cub as like the vanilla creature of choice has started seeping into into other forums, which I'm really liking. Yeah. So we keep that up, guys. This is great. All right. Uh, you guys got anything? Any final things to add? I've got nothing. Me neither. I'm all capped out. All right. I would like to thank everyone for listening. My name's Cedar Trader. I keep it fair. My name is Jess Dunks. I keep it fun. My name is Brian Prillman. I keep it Trinisphere-tastic. You keep it magic pills. Trinisphereific. That's better. I like that one more. Trinisphereific. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with anything. There's nothing good there. Falia. Nope, got nothing. puts the copy on its skin on the stack where it gets but the fuzz again. <laughs>